The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title in franchise history. And Tom Brady doesn't pass the torch quite yet to Mahomes, does he? No. Even though you're looking at the greatest right there. Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. All right, hello, and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. My name is Josh. I'm Neil Rampersod. And have we got a show for you today. We're going to talk about, you know, that game that happened over the weekend. Big game. We're Big gonna, Super Bowl. We're going to talk about uh, our very own NFL Awards. I know the NFL Awards did actually happen over the weekend, but we got some better ones for you coming your way. We're going to talk about the Raptors franchise record scorer, Freddie Van Vliet's and the Raptors and what they're doing right now. And we're also going to talk about the shit show that is the NBA and their COVID protocols. So I'm excited to get into it. So there was a uh, there was a football game last night, you know? A very good uh, victory Although, for me, actually. <laughs> for you, we'll get into that. But I did look up the meaning or the definition of a game. And it, it says that two teams have to, you know, compete in it. So I don't know yeah. if we would call this a game per se because only one team showed up. A thorough beatdown by the uh, Buccaneers last night. Thorough beatdown, putting it lightly. Just a, a whole – they, like, bent over the Kansas City Chiefs and gave them a big – A big old spanking. Lashing. A big old uh, – yeah, Tom Brady took his son to work. The, the Chiefs, you know, did not look like the Chiefs. In that game, Tampa just absolutely made them into a scrimmage team. I, I mean, like it—it's it, like we talked about on our last show, right? I told you that um, the Kansas City offensive line was going to have trouble keeping the uh, Tampa Bay defensive line away from Patrick Mahomes. This was a record that was set last night that Tampa Bay had with pressures on Patrick Mahomes. You know, they, they pressured Mahomes 29 times. 29 never in, times. Never in the Super Bowl has that done before. Brady, in comparison, got mm-hmm. pressured four times. So, I mean, 29, That's a, that was a, ended up being a total of 52% of all snaps that he was pressured on. Did you see the uh, stat that was how many yards Mahomes ran to get rid or to run away from defenders? Yeah, he was game? fucking running for his life. Yeah, it was know, almost entire... 500 yards that he ran in yeah. that game to try and get rid of get away from the defenders and throw the ball. It was just I mean that that offensive line with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Jason Pierre-Paul, I, I don't know how this is possible, but he's playing better with three fucking fingers than he was mm-hmm. with five. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. that was a problem all along. He just needed to lose two fingers. And yeah. We, uh, he, so he used to play for the Giants, and yeah. the Giants organization, like they do with most of their players and their fans, just treat them like shit. Yeah. So Pierre-Paul, when he got traded, he, you know, kind of, they kind of just dumped him off, and uh, he went to Tampa. And then when Tampa played the Giants this season, he's like, I'm going to destroy the Giants right before the game. He said that. It's a bit of a soft spot for you, eh? Seeing your it former is, Giants. It do is, so but well. I'm I'm proud of Pierre Paul and all of his finger um, for what he did in this game. So uh, I'm proud of him. But um, before you know, before we talk anymore about the Super Bowl, I, I feel like there have been too many too many nice things and good things said about Tom Brady in the past mm-hmm. 24 hours. Can we just can we just take a moment to say something bad about Tom Brady? 
can you can we find something bad to say about Tom Brady? Just look deep down within he's, yourself. He's old. He's old. He's old. Fuck, man. He uh, there was a one of the commentators. He's only six foot six. Yeah, what whatever. a loser. Six, he's six not foot even four. He's not even six foot seven. What yeah. a what a douche. What a loser. Yeah. He uh, he. I don't know. I got nothing. I'm I'm trying to look for something here. His his wife is in. No, she's beautiful. Damn it. He's the goat, you know, like, and, and not to take anything away from from this game at all. What Tampa did, they they were the better team in this game, you know. Yeah, and no, I could just you didn't could want you imagine could you imagine going into this game and placing a bet on Kansas City not scoring a touchdown in this game? You'd be a very rich human being. Before I get to Tom Brady, I just want to give this Tampa Bay defense credit because. I knew, you know, like um, coming into this game, seeing what they did to get to the Super Bowl and seeing who they went through, a lot has to be said about this defense. Devin White, you know, he's 22 years old. He's got a bright future ahead. Didn't have a Pro Bowl nomination this year, but he's someone that for the next couple of years moving forward that is going to be a top defender for this team. And, I agree. You know, all the penalties aside, Tom greatness oh, we'll aside, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Worry. But the the fact of the matter is that Tampa Bay was the better team in this game, and the better team won the Super Bowl. They were the better team in this game. However, my hot take is that they are not the better team. Kansas City, when Kansas City is fully healthy and Patrick Mahomes is fully healthy, they are a better team. Um, however, Mahomes was very injured in this game, and that was very relevant throughout the game. He was just getting his ass kicked by Tampa's defense. And it was almost like watching, you know that scene in The Longest Yard? <laughs> I'm going I'm going like uh, early 2000s here. But when Adam Sandler, um, the, his, his team realizes or finds out that Adam Sandler was going to throw the game, and so his offensive line stops covering him. And, you know, the team of the guards just goes in and just tackles Adam Sandler as often as they can and just yeah. beats the shit out of him. That was like watching this game last night. Because who's to, who's to blame for that? The offensive line. Yeah. That's the, it's, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the league. And the no Chiefs one can had, tell me otherwise. They had right guards playing right tackle. They had players who have never, who haven't played all season playing on that offensive line yeah and you know you're gonna have a very injured Patrick Mahomes moving forward if they can't figure out that offensive line absolutely they're not gonna win shit all moving forward if they don't have protection for Patrick Mahomes yeah I can't believe they made it to the Super Bowl with that offensive line like being a Steelers fan I know all about quarterbacks being pressured getting hit Big Ben would play through broken ankles yeah and you know what He's won Super Bowls with broken ankles. So that's still, no excuse loser, though. for Patrick Mahomes, you know? Yeah. You know, his maybe he needs to take some lessons from his brother and dance his ass <laughs> out of the fucking pocket and throw the ball. Just you know? put put Jackson Mahomes in yeah. there and maybe he'll he'll throw a touchdown. Um but yeah, the the Chiefs also gave away way too many stupid penalties in this game. Yeah. That's not how you win a football game. Just the amount it's of undisciplined. Yeah, it's just young guys making stupid mistakes pass interferences that should should not have even happened but when balls were uncatchable there was pass interference yeah when matthew got in uh mahomes face or not mahomes sorry brady's face after the play and started uh shit talking him and there was a flag thrown like why are you doing that you're getting your ass handed to you and you're you're jawing at the other team like for what reason i i was so mad 
at Matthews specifically in this game because I bet on the Chiefs. And maybe that was my mistake for betting against Tom Brady. But here we are, Neil. Do you know the storyline around uh, Matthew in this game, Honey Badger? Did you see what was going on between him and Brady? Like in depth? To an extent, yes. Um, what did you see? Incre- it was incredible, you know? Like after, like you mentioned, Matthew went after Brady, had some words for him. Yeah. No one really knows what was exchanged between the two before that or how that began, but that fired up Tom Brady. You know, yeah. after <laughs> after 100%. after that Tom Brady even you you could read his lips. He was com- he was he he told Tyron Matthew that he was going to come after him. And what did he do for the rest of the game? Brady threw it at Matthew almost every other play, you yeah. know? Like he went after him yeah. and made him pay. And he couldn't be stopped. I don't know. Like after you, you guys saw the rest, right? Like every every play, there was words exchanged. But you know, you you're gonna light a fire under the greatest quarterback of all time. You're gonna pay for it. It was a feisty game. Like there yeah. was some back and forth um, after almost every single play. The yeah. Bucks were feeling it, and the Chiefs. I think coming into this game, the Chiefs thought I think they had this one. And when it didn't start going their way, they started getting angry, and that was visible on the field. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks kind of knew that. The Bucks coming into this game, the Bucks kind of knew that the Chiefs thought they had this game won. And when it, like I said, when it started going the other way, the Bucks and the Chiefs both got riled up. You know, this game turned around <laughs> towards the end of the first half where the Chiefs started to kind of work their way back. They were down 14 to 3. And having that goal line stop you know like having which like was those, huge those are huge happened, yeah. plays you yeah. know i mean these are big momentum builders but you know time after time they would drive down the field and only be able to to get a, a field goal and butker was having to kick it from 40 to 50 yards yeah. away this was like a very like not technically sound game it was an underwhelming game it was very underwhelming i almost wish i didn't have money on this game because watching it from an outside perspective i could have just sat back and laughed at the chiefs but you know i'm not even a chiefs fan and and i was frustrated watching this game you know it was it was pretty funny like like i was i was uh talking to a friend of mine and you know we after seeing gronkowski score two antonio brown score one leonard fournette score one we thought we'd you know, had a hot tub time machine moment and gone back to 2017. Yeah, yeah seriously. Tom Brady. These players that it. were not even on the team last year. This was wild. You know what I mean? It, like if you if you and I had a discussion last year, this time last year, saying, hey, like w- what are we going to see next year? Are we going to see – if you'd said <laughs> Tom Brady, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, LaShawn Rob Gron- Gronkowski would all win a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay – I would, I would never have, speak to you again. I would have slapped like, you would, across the face. I would twice. I would tell you to times. seek therapy because you are insane. Yeah. 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 It was such a frustrating game to watch. And you know, thank God it was interrupted by that wonderful halftime show that the weekend put on. Yeah, it was like the weekend's weekend killed it. Yeah, he did kill it. it. Was a like great he, show. he invested a lot into this. He invested a lot of his own money into this. I was up dancing during the He this had a lot show. of visually appealing um aspects to his performance really good like i'm really proud of the weekend you know the weekend the weekend's from right here toronto he's from scarborough he has been playing talent shows throughout he's he's come so far you know and Mm -hmm. just reaching an accolade like the super bowl show and not having a guest 
with him. He did it all on his own. Yeah, I was know, I was he, wondering like halfway through the show if he was going to bring out someone. Yeah. But then uh, around that same time when I was wondering, I was like, you no, know what? He, he doesn't need it. He crushed it. He's killing it. It was yeah. great. There's a lot of like I was reading Twitter after and there's a lot of people who had a lot to say and they there's were, always people that have a lot to say yeah it's it's like there's split split emotions but at the end of the day the weekend went on stage he did his thing he did it well so you know it if might you, not be yeah. the best halftime show of all time but it's definitely what is up there what is the best halftime show of all time neil I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out the question right now. What is the best halftime show of all time? And I want to throw this question out to people out there who are, are talking shit about this weekend performance. Yeah. Because, like, I've seen it a lot on Twitter and Instagram talking about, like, minuscule things about, you know, what's wrong with this I'm not saying I'm not saying it was a bad performance. No, no, no. I'm not I'm saying, saying it might not be the best halftime show of all time. I think the best halftime show. I mean, Prince is up there. Prince's halftime yeah. show was insane. Um, J-Lo and Shakira killed it last year. Prince, Prince did Purple Rain in the rain. In the rain. Yeah. In the rain. It's, yeah. Um, Michael Jackson, obviously, um, if you want to go back even further, had a great halftime show. I don't think anyone beats Lady Gaga's performance, though. That's my opinion. I don't think anyone beats Gaga. She, like, her falling from the rafters and, you know, landing on stage and just, like, giving you the greatest performance she can give just i think that was the greatest halftime show lady gaga lady gaga in my opinion you know i I maybe we'll put this question on our instagram and see you know i would say prince you know if i had to if i had to choose yeah bruce springsteen was pretty good a couple years ago as well but you know the weekend holds a special place in my heart because i've been listening to his music since before he he was just dropping mixtapes right so he's good old scarborough boy he's very talented it says a lot you know how far he's come and i'm really proud of him yeah. and if you have anything bad to say about this performance find me in the dms and we'll we'll hash this out yeah so one, one thing i wanted to bring up as well is another storyline from this game was tyreek hill and tyreek hill then the infamous peace sign that he drops yes you know so when it happened in this game deuces when it happened in this game a lot of people took it out of context myself included because when i saw it mm-hmm. in this game you know Winfield, um, you know, stopped Tyreek Hill from making a catch late, later in the game. You know, yeah. the, sco- the game was pretty much over at this point. The score was what it was. Um, and Winfield gave Tyreek Hill a peace sign after, you know, that failed play by my Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. And um, he, got a, he got a penalty for it. It happened after the play, so it didn't actually affect the game itself in, in terms of, like, the actual, like, the outcome of it. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people took it out of context, but, um, Neil, tell us, uh, tell us why he gave the piece. Did you hear what, did you hear what Winfield said? Uh, roll, roll the clip. I got it here for you. And, um, the taunting, man, I, it's something I just had to do. Um, when we played him earlier, you know, Hill went off on us. He backflipped in front of my face, gave me the peace sign. So it was only right that I gave him the peace sign right back to him at this moment. It it felt amazing to be able to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, Tyreek dropped a different kind of deuce in this game uh he <laughs> what do you mean by that neil you know Please what i explain mean. yourself when he did uh drop uh the the deuce sign for winfield in that game he was on pace for like 800 yards in the game in or something he had like 200 game, yeah. yeah he had over 200 yards in the first quarter maybe midway through the first quarter something ridiculous he was riding a high that no one else had ridden in a yeah. very long time and you know that it was that play where he caught that long touchdown and he did a, a, 
a fucking backflip into, into the, the end zone, zone yeah. in front of Winfield mm-hmm. and then held up the two on his hand in front of his face. And you know what that did? That fucking lit a fire under the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They and did not. They that, did, yeah. They, I, if I had to, you know, like looking back on this, that was the defining moment. That was a TSN turning point. The TSN the Buccaneers. turning point. Yeah, the TSN turning point of the Buccaneers season. Because since that moment, they turned all of, like, the entire season around. They didn't yeah. lose again. They lost that game because they were down big. But yeah, even there's in no that coming, game, up, coming back from that game. But. Even in that game, they stormed back to make it a close game. It was 27-24. I really believe if Tom Brady got the ball back in that game, they would have won that game too. Mm-hmm. But they took that moment and it lit a fire on the, under them, and they never lost a single game again they went for the rest of the season. They won the undefeated. The they, the they won out after that moment. Until the Super Bowl, yeah. I don't know if it took that for, for it to happen, but it came back and it bit Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs in the ass because that's what happens when you're that cocky, you know, and you, you do something so stupid like that. I mean, say what you want about Tyreek Hill. Say what you want about the, the Tampa Bay defense, the taunting that went on in that game yesterday. But Tampa came out and they, they kicked Casey's ass. They completely outplayed them. And they were the better team last night. No matter no matter how injured, you know, whoever was in that game, they were the better team, and they deserved that Super Bowl. Uh, I feel like I've said too many nice things about Tom Brady, so fuck Tom Brady. Um, another thing, before we move on, did you notice that there were a lot of fans in the stadium? Yeah, I I mean, I think it was 25,000 or something was that was allowed 25, in. 25,000 in total. 7,500 of those were, were uh, first vaccinated line. frontline workers, yeah. yes, which was amazing. Um, but then you have, yeah, 25,000 fans in total in a stadium that only holds around 65,000. So a little under 50% capacity Yeah, during a global pandemic in Florida. In Florida. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's not going to get any better if we continue having moments like this, you know, and... If this ends up really uh, being a big issue and, and a lot of cases coming out of it, you know that's they're going to catch a lot of flack for that. And yeah, but the overall, thing is, the NFL has been one of the better. You know, they got through the season. We had a few issues throughout the season, but overall, the season it was complete. You know, we we got to happened, the Super Bowl. Yes. It happened. We got to a point where we're able to see fans in the stands. Mm-hmm. I have no faith in Roger Goodell. I don't. Yeah. He's not a good person by any means of the word. Um, Roger I honestly, Badell. Roger. Ba- oh wow, that's yeah. pretty good there. Yeah. Roger Badell. Um, he. Uh, I. I honestly think he had ulterior motives with bringing frontline workers to this game here. I think he used that as a justification to have fans at this game. That's just my opinion. Do you think uh, the the Super Bowl? goes back to Tampa Bay again next year. Do you see them in the Super Bowl again? What do you think is going to happen with this team next year? There's a difference between what I think is going to happen and what I want to happen. I want Tom Brady to retire this offseason. I want Tampa to go back to a non-playoff team next year. Um, What I think is going to happen, I think Tom Brady is going to come back. I think the competitor in him thinks and possibly knows that he can come back and do this all over again what do you think the the hope for tampa bay is that they they have this core group intact they may lose godwin over the offseason 
But, you know, Antonio Brown says he wants to come back. Gronk is already committed. Gronk is already coming back. He's yeah. already committed to coming back. Brady, he's he's under contract. He says he wants, it, he wants to come back and do it all over again. He's convinced that they'll make it to the playoffs and make it to the Super Bowl again next year. I think the X factor to this team being successful next year is, again, the defense, right? So yes, can this defense come back and can this defense be consistent the way they were in the latter half of the season? The first half of the season, they were on paper good, but they weren't performing the way they needed to. No, I I agree. And what Tom Brady has done to this team is give them confidence. He showed them how to win. You know, Jameis Winston, I actually caught a lot of flack earlier this week for, for shit-talking Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston is not a winner. You know, he's he's been with this team, or he was with this team for years. He's also not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a leader. He doesn't know how to win, mm-hmm. you know? That's why he just throws the ball aimlessly, and he, he has 30 interceptions a season because yeah. he doesn't know any better, you know? Tom Brady, calculated. Winner. Stupid. Seven Super Bowls now. Yes. You know, he's hated because he's great. He's the greatest of all time. He's taken this team and taught them how to win. So I think next year, this team will do just as well. My only concern is Tom Brady's health because his bones are getting brittle. They're getting old. Can he sustain another season? I mean, he's the the rigors. He spends a lot of time and a lot of money, you know, perfecting his health, perfecting his body. So I I think um, age is just a number for him. Yeah. I think he he still has not left the prime of his career. Like you, you watch him in games, like he's not showing his age at all. So uh, I don't know. Too many good things about Tom Brady. Should we move on, Neil? Let's move on. I think with the end of end of season here, it's now reached its conclusion. I think there's only one thing for for us to do here, and yes. it's to hand out our own NFL awards. The award for most valuable flow goes to Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, wow, he, thank he, you, Mister Announcer. That's your nominee, or is that your champion? Oh, oh, that's my um, that's my champion. Who's your champion, Neil? I think yeah, yeah, that's a that's a debatable champion there, Herbert. He had great hair. I'll I'll give it to you, but he cut it off. You know, I don't know. He did cut it off, but I, I'm just reading what's on the card here, Neil. I'm just yeah. You're just you're reading it. I you know Patrick Mahomes for me. Okay, head and shoulders, man. Taking yeah, it up to 100. Oh, we got he another didn't... we got another award coming in here. The NFL's biggest douche award goes to Dwayne Haskins Jr. Wow, that was that's a big call right there. I think um, I'd, I'd have to agree. <laughs> I'd have to agree with that. I think, you know, for the, the fact that he went into his locker room every game and talked about how how good he was and how, you know, bragging even after a loss, you know, and for him to get benched and eventually thrown off this team just shows how much of a douche he actually Hitting is. up the strip clubs. Hitting up the strip clubs. What about you, Neil? Adam Gase. <laughs> Adam motherfucking Gase, the biggest douche. The NFL Jets is... former head coach. Yeah, uh, he, he, there's no bigger douche than Adam Gase, in my opinion. Um, oh, we got another award coming in here. The best commercial appearance award 
Wow, thank you, Mr. Announcer. What a beautiful voice. Um, I think the the best commercial appearance award. I mean, he's not in the league right now, but he's, he will always be in the league in our hearts. And that's Marshawn Lynch. Just any commercial he's in ever, he just steals the show. Anytime you see him on a screen. He, he recently, um, with Akeem Alou, he went on the ice, actually, and, you know, in Toronto and skated. Marshawn Lynch did. Uh, the State you, Farm, the State Farm commercial last night. Did you get a chance to see that? I did. I did. Um, the one with Drake. Drake yeah, the, yeah, the one with Drake where he where was playing a, a double. Each one of them had a yeah. body double. Like there was Paul Rudd who was the body double for Aaron Rodgers. It's a funny commercial. You got to see it. it was pre- in my opinion, that was the best commercial, but I think the best commercial appearance award, obviously Aaron Rodgers is in that commercial. Patrick Mahomes is in that commercial. But I think that the award, I know even though he's not in the NFL, goes to Drake. Goes to Drake. Drizzy. The sixth god. Yeah. He was he was funny in that commercial. He had subtle comedy in that. Like yeah. he's a good actor. Oh, and yeah. he like him eating the apple um right in front of Jake from State Farms, yeah. you know, as he was giving the line. Just you you gotta watch it. Well well maybe we'll try and post it on our Instagram later so you guys can have some context. Too. Yeah. Oh, another award here. The Raddest TikToker Awards. Neil, why don't you start us off with this one? I'm not a big TikTok fan. I don't have an account, but, you know, I got to give a support to my guy, Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah. You know, he's... Over he's, Juju. Yeah, he's gained a lot of fame on there. And Juju, I you know, this award would have gone to him had he not stomped all over logos with his dance moves. Yes, and, yes. And riled up other teams against the Steelers, but... You know, the rookie coming in, Claypool, has flashed all year. And, you know, I, I want to give him an award. So he's getting the raddest TikTok that's talker a, that's award. A, that's a solid choice there. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I have to say Jackson Mahomes. I mean, he's not an NFL superstar. But, you know, Jackson Mahomes doesn't care about rules. So he, he comes in here. He, you know, he actually made a TikTok after the game yesterday saying Did that, he? oh, the Chiefs will be back next year. Oh, and it was him, you know, kind of sad doing a TikTok dance. Mm-hmm. It's the most cringeworthy. I mean, the best kind of cringeworthy, but cringeworthy nonetheless. Yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, we got, sorry, our fifth and final award coming in here. The Weakest Ankles Award. Oh, my God. Wow. That's just, that's a voice <laughs> that just exudes sex right there. Um, the Weakest Ankles Award goes to Mr. Dak Prescott. <laughs> he just, uh, he, he had that's, definitely the weakest. That's the sure. only nomination. Like, I'm not even going to say a nomination because <laughs> that is so dark, but accurate. I mean, I mean, he got an award. Prayers out, it, out to Dak. I mean, he had, like, I had him on, on my fantasy team in my dynasty. And, mm-hmm. you know, having seen, on Thanksgiving, he actually had that brutal injury but that, he deserves a weakest ankle award I'll definitely definitely uh it'll it be him. it'll be in the mail mr dak yeah wow great awards there great awards um but other than that some other big news came from this week neil this is a big week for sports our very own toronto raptor freddie van vliet senior had quite a hell of a week yeah. roll the clip look at that there you go and there it is 50 50- Fred Van Vliet becomes the fourth Raptor in franchise history to score 50. 
Vince Carter, Terrence Ross, DeMar DeRozan, and Fred Van Vliet. Steady Freddie. 52 ties the record held by the great DeMar DeRozan. I keep talking about his defense. And to him have a special night like this, look at the Kyle looking for him. He gets another and two. And there it is. The Raptor record, Fred Van Vliet. A franchise record. Freddie Van Vliet, Mr. Undrafted. He'll always have that chip on his shoulder that he was undrafted. Bet on yourself. You know, I saw that clip with him and his family on draft day, and he gave a speech that day saying, he's like, hey, just because I didn't get drafted, this doesn't mean it ain't it. This is it for me. Yeah, this is not the end of my story. He continued trucking away and trucking away and putting in the minutes in the gym, and and he, he... Got offered a position on the Raptors, and he he had limited minutes in his first year. Mm-hmm. But you know, he and Pascal, they played they, for nine oh five together. Raptors nine oh five, the played, G League team played for the G League team. You know, they they had limited minutes in their first year. This is the year mm-hmm. that Pascal got drafted as well. Mm-hmm. So again, they've they've had this journey together, the both of them. Yeah, they've had their their rise to stardom together. Mm-hmm. They've had each other's backs. They have a lot of chemistry together from all these years that they played together now. Yep, Siakam won Most Improved Player a couple years ago. It's just it's so heartwarming to see that Fred and Siakam are both doing so well. Yeah, alongside each other. So and of course after that game, after his fifty-four point game, he you know there's the video that we all saw of him coming back into the locker room and everyone showering him with their water bottles. Um, yeah, and then, the, you know, Lowry came over and put his arm around him and talked about, you know, how proud he was of him and how, you know, he's he's like his little brother. And it's just like this team. I love this team, Neil. This team, the this Raptors team, like the camaraderie they have together, the, you know, the, the partnerships, brotherships, the family that they, you know, they share. It's just it's it's why I love this. I think it's why Canada has fallen in, in love with this team. Yeah. It's well, just, the championship certainly certainly helped. <laughs> yeah, whatever you know, silverware, whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, this is this was a very very fun game to watch, and this is as the Raptors as a whole. This was a very good game that they played. Um, they looked really good against Brooklyn in that game. They, you know, they, all around defensive, offensive. You know, they fought for those rebounds, which they've had trouble with in the past. You know, they were finding the open man. It was, the Raptors are looking good. They're, I know we recently talked about how, you know, their slow start to the season. And, you know, they're not perfect yet by any means, but they're they're finding their legs a little bit. You know, um, Van Vliet signed that big contract in the summer this he past did. season. He did, He yep. signed uh, a four-year, $85 million contract. Yep, he did. He's earning every penny of that. That, every penny. that contract is looking more and more each day like a value mm-hmm. for the Raptors. You know, in, in comparison... The Raptors have uh, another guard on the team, Kyle Lowry, one of the greatest Raptors of all time. He's only signed uh, for the remainder of this year. He's making $31 million this year. Yes. He's probably not going to make that any other year in his career. This no. is probably it for Lowry. That being said, can you possibly see Lowry get traded here? With, with now, how well Van Vliet's doing, can you see this being... There's a lot a of talk right trade, now. Yeah. There's a lot of talk right now of, you know, Lowry, you know, trading him away and the Raptors moving on to their next chapter without Lowry. And, you know, Lowry hasn't had the greatest of his, the greatest year of his career this year. Um, he's still an 
on an MVP level, in my opinion. Um, I do not think, I think we need to squash these rumors right away. I, I don't think it is time to, by any means, start rebuilding. That's, that's not what this team is built to do. If Lowry, you know, comes out and requests a trade from the Raptors, which I don't think he'll do, um, I think that would surprise everyone. But if he does, then yeah, we can, we can talk then about, you know, what teams he wants to go to, looking to see what the Raptors can get out of it. But, but not at this time. This is not the time where you want to shop around your greatest player in franchise history. Here's, here's my dilemma with, with that. You know, the, this being the last year that Lowry is under contract for, there's a possibility that Lowry just walks for nothing at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Similar to the way that Marcus Hall and Ibaka just walked, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really think this is going to be a messy divorce for no. the Raptors and, and Kyle This is Lowry. not going to be a DeRozan-Masai situation. But if you're the Raptors, if you're Masai, if you're Webster, and you want to, you know, make a, a lost season count for something moving forward, would you not try and receive some sort of asset for Kyle Lowry? In your opinion, if you're Bobby Webster right now, if you're Masai Ujiri, who do you trade Kyle Lowry to to get something out of? I mean, like, uh, where's his value, right? Like, what, what could the Raptors use right now? They're playing right now currently, they're playing Fred Van Vliet at the two spot, right? So they're playing him mm-hmm. at, like, a more shooting guard position. Point guard, yes. With the ball off his hands, although he plays with the ball in his hands a lot. He does, even when Lowry's on the court sometimes. He'll... Even when he's on the court, yeah. right? So one of the things that they could use is some presence in the paint, right? They so need a big man, yes. They need a big man, but they need some more athleticism and defense. One of the things that's lacking this year that we saw from previous years with the Raptors is defense. Yes. They don't absolutely. have that top five defense that took him to the championship, that took him last year, a deep playoff run. They don't have that same tenacity, that same you know determination to stop offenses this year. There's way too many holes in their defense you know, right so. now. Chris Boucher, I love him. He's, uh, you know, he's having a, a career year this he's year. Soft. He's, he's, he's soft. He's gets he gets bullied off the ball more often than, than not. Yeah. Um. He, he's got a, he's got a long a long way to go as a player. Obviously, he's very early in his career. He, he's going to improve tremendously. I have no doubt about that. He's going to be a Raptor for a long time. Um. You know, bringing in Aaron Baines to replace Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka and uh, Ibaka and what they brought to the team. I I, I don't think that was the the right. You know, maybe there was hope that Aaron Baines could bring something, but he's just not fitting in, in my opinion, yeah. to this roster. At this point, you know, Kyle Lowry's old, you know. He's 34 for a guard. That's You're, you're getting old, right? Yeah. Like, all these offensive fouls that Lowry's received, he's taken a beating on his body. The older he gets, the more it's going to hurt, right? The more time yeah. he's going to potentially miss. He leads the league in charges most seasons where am i going with this i'm going to say they need to trade kyle lowry i think this is very important whether it's for picks future picks you look at their current lineup that they have right they've got a lot of guys locked up for a long time siakam they they homegrown right they drafted him they developed him stardom powell they drafted him he's 27 now i believe He's starting to come in in his own. You know, a little bit of a late bloomer, but he's coming into his own. And Anobi. Yep. He's going to be a star. He's locked up. Yep. He's locked up. You know, Van, Van Vliet. Vliet. They have that core there. What they don't have, they have, you know, this draft pick this year, Malachi Flynn. He's going to be great. 
They did just send him down to the G League, um, but that's strictly, I think, for development. I don't, I don't think you know he he's not getting any minutes on the Raptors right now. Yeah. Um, so send him down there, make it like develop him as a player through your coaching st- coaching system. Um, I'm all for that. Boucher is great too. You know they've they've got a pipeline of players here, and what I think they could do, even if they traded Lowry for picks, is use those picks to uh, as trade uh, fuel to to acquire another big name. You know, yeah, there, so. there's some names that are you know nearing the end of their contracts. However, I also think there's a lot of names this off season that are going to be available in free agency. So I, I think hang on to to Kyle. I don't think you want to have another DeRozan situation here. Yeah, I mean, like if they can trade Kyle Lowry to any team and acquire even a young asset, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna swing for the fences here and say someone like Bam Adebayo on the Heat. You know, I don't think the Heat will ever deal their their cornerstone no. piece like Adebayo, but you know, there are gonna One be can teams. Dream. One can dream. There are gonna be teams. You know, I've heard rumors swirling today that uh, Andre Drummond might be available i'm not saying of cleveland i'm not saying trade lowry for drummond because they would need some picks involved there but yeah that that cannot be a one for one yeah Yeah. (laughs) these are just some options but i think right now they need to avoid what happened last year to uh ibaka and gasol and just letting them walk for nothing Mm -hmm. they could have traded them and gotten some pieces back yeah especially for a team that's you know wanting to make a playoff push right now yeah and i think Masai knows and you know the trade deadlines at the end of March so mm-hmm. I think we'll uh, we'll see we'll see we'll, we'll talk uh, we'll talk more about this when something eventually maybe does happen yeah uh, one other thing I want to talk about before we move on Neil the Brooklyn Nets game versus the Raptors there's a lot of controversy surrounding this so what happened was that day Kevin Durant had a close contact who had a an inconclusive test so through contact tracing Kevin Durant was pulled from the start of that game. He was told he was not allowed to play because he had a close contact that had an inconclusive test. Now, midway through the first, the first quarter of this game, he Kevin Durant was told that he could play in this game because that inconclusive test was fine. He was fine. He wasn't a close contact anymore. Whatever, whatever the reasoning was, they let him play this game. And then he played probably, I think, 17, 18 minutes maybe. And then we go into the third where Kevin Durant is then taken out of the game again because that close contact of his that had an inconclusive test ended up being a positive test for coronavirus. So let's look at the facts here. Kevin Durant played 17, 18, whatever minutes in this game. He could have possibly, I mean, like this game was a week ago. And he's been tested several times since, but he could have possibly had coronavirus in that game and given it to a multitude of other players that were on the court with him. And then the NBA after this came out and, you know, said out of an abundance of caution, I think the term was, we had to pull Kevin Durant from this game. Why was he allowed to play in the first place? I get that he's a star. I get that, you know, he's one of the best players to ever play this game, but it doesn't matter when people's lives are on the line. Like if he's a close contact and you're, 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 you're coming out and you're preaching these, you know, contact tracing rules, all these specific, you know, precautions that we have to take now that the NBA has to take, then you're going to let this player play who could possibly have had coronavirus. What are your thoughts, Neil? 
I think the NBA is just trying to, to figure all this out. You know, they, they haven't yet figured it out. We saw last year uh, the NBA games being played in a bubble, mm-hmm. you know, just being played on one neutral court that's isolated from everything else. They've gone away from that, and we're seeing uh, the outcome of, like, the results of that. They're you know, saying it's seeing... a lot to ask for during a regular season because the season is yep. so long. You, you can't expect players to play, you know, 82 games in a specific bubble. I think once they get once they get to the playoffs, they haven't announced it yet. But once they get to the playoffs, they're they're going to do a bubble again, even though players don't want to. Man, we're we're seeing players get COVID. You know, like Jason Tatum yeah. has had COVID. Kevin Durant has had COVID has had himself. COVID. You know, yeah. and this is like this. This was the first time um, I think like an eight hundred eight hundred sixty seven games that Durant has played. This is the first time he came off the bench. Yeah, you know, and he didn't he didn't intentionally mean to come off the bench. He was told. That he had midway to. through yeah. the game that he was cleared to play and then midway through the third quarter of that game he was he was told nah sorry you're not okay to play this game you know granted durant was confused because of the the back and forth and and the mixed uh messages he was being given but at the end of the day this is all being done as it goes you know what i mean the nba yeah, needs to figure it out they're flying by the seat of their pants right now what what i'm under the uh, understanding of is all players are tested before each game. Yes, they are. During the day of, they're tested. And if there's a positive result or if there's some sort of contact tracing issue, then they can't play. The reason is they'll put everyone else in that building at risk. That's yeah. what COVID is. Of you know? course. If I have some interaction with someone with COVID and I go to work, I'm being sent home. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. That's, just, that's Immediately, as soon as they find out. The right thing to do. Why even like wear masks when you go out if you don't give a shit, right? Yeah. You know, and the thing is, if the NBA can't get this right, shut the season down. Like if you can't figure it out, start over. You know, I know you, you don't have fans right now in every game. You, you're starting to see fans come back. But if you're having players test positive, then you might as well just shut the season down. Shut it down. If and- you're... Ha- if you're being exposed like this and this is a great example of being exposed the nba not fucking figuring out how to how to operate in a season like this then shut it down yeah and i I think you know they're very close i think the nhl is also very close right now to shutting down their season if Mm -hmm. they can't get their shit together speaking of the nhl uh there's been a lot of postponements uh in terms of covid protocol but who's first in the league right now neil the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are on fire. Mind Leafers. you, they're up against Vancouver right now, who's just a dumpster fire on wheels. The Vancouver Casucks. Casucks. Yeah, they, they, they've they hit a wall, the, the Canucks have, you know, and they've... And that they've, wall is called the Toronto Maple Leafs. But no, you're right. Well, they're getting bullied by the uh, Canadians. The Canadians are probably the biggest test for... The Leafs in the North Division. I I never thought right I'd now. be saying yeah. that at the beginning of the season, but the Canadians have really come alive this year with Toffoli and they made some very decent acquisitions this offseason, the Canadians did. Yeah, I mean Josh Anderson's up to like seven goals now. The Canadians look really good, but one thing that I'm really impressed by with these Leafs is is their their physicality, you know. And I, I told you, I was like, this is gonna be something that they're gonna have to do mm-hmm. coming into the season. And you know, up their physicality, their defense is looking better. It's still not where they need to be, but you know, for what it, their offense is, their offense is going to take care of business. 
Yeah. You just got to worry about the defense and and holding the Canucks to one goal the last two games. Huge. Absolutely. Um, the Leafs. Um, you talk about offense. You talk about you know the toughness on the offense and the defense. Yeah. The the Leafs actually got some unfortunate news over the weekend. Unfortunately, Wayne Simmons is going to be out for six weeks per Elliot Friedman. He broke his wrist over the weekend in the game, yeah. um, which is a shame because he was off to an amazing start in his return to his hometown. Um, it, it really is a shame because we're using, losing a lot of physicality with Wayne Simmons being gone, um, and, you know, Joe Thornton being gone. Um, the Leafs are, are getting to that point where they're usually riddled with injuries. But however, I do think they have the depth on their taxi squad, um, in their actual team itself, to to sustain winning throughout this league. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. Yeah, I mean, if Spezza keeps putting up hat-tricks, like, yeah. Spezza. Like, big old old man Spezza. With the hat-trick. He's, uh, yeah, he's being picked up in fantasy leagues right now because he's, yeah. he's having a good he's having a good year. He's, he's, he's happy. Yeah, he's, finally, he's finally playing where he wants to play. To so. anyone, to, this is a message to anyone who's playing fantasy hockey and <laughs> is considering picking up Jason Spezza, please do, do not it. do it. Like do he's, it. He's, do he's it. on the fourth line and he's playing <laughs> 12, maximum 12 minutes a game. Like that is not a recipe for... Sorry, I'm just gonna go grab it's my phone and pick options. up Jason Spezza. Yeah, do not pick him up. Like he's there's better options out there. Albeit, you know, I'm really glad he's doing so well. You know, just for Jason Spezza. You know, like just having go through everything he's gone through with Mike Babcock. Yeah, he's he's no longer shackled by the Babcock. He's so. been in Babcock's doghouse forever. Now, um, even this year, like he he got dropped to waivers when uh, Nick Robertson went down. Yep. But that was uh, they needed it it was it was mainly like a big move for the Leafs in terms of their payroll mm-hmm. they never wanted to, he never wanted to leave the Leafs the Leafs never wanted to lose him here he is finally getting some some chemistry with his his teammates yeah on that fourth line and finding you know his place in this team and and it's starting to show He's got, I think, five goals now. Five goals, yeah. You know, so he's doing well good for, for him. Yeah. So you know, if you're listening, just go pick him up off uh, your waiver wire. There's better options out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl, but more importantly, we hope you enjoyed our show. We're gonna come back next week, and uh, we're gonna have another biggest loser for you again next week. Loser. Have a great week, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 